to show. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Off the Mass Podcast. It's me, it's Dante. I say it every week, you know it's me. There's not another host, so I don't even know why I say that. So anyhow, this week, I have a new guest on, and I've mentioned it the last couple episodes or so. I'm excited. I wanted everybody else listening to get excited because, you know, I got a handful of listeners, maybe like eight, nine listeners like you guys. Thank you. Consistency. But this week's guest, I'm welcoming Eric and Allie. I also call them Armbar Attic because that's the Instagram account that I follow, and I always promote them at the end. So, welcome, Eric and Allie. How y'all doing? Hello. Good. How you doing? Doing all right. Doing all right. I always have a hard time when I say Eric and Allie. I have to now pause in between because I say if I was like Eric and Allie, and people are like Are you say Erica <laughs> or Eric and it's like, and I don't know why I don't say Allie and Eric. I don't know. I'm not sexist. It's not because it's he's a guy. Shh, probably. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell anyone. But uh, what's going on, y'all? How, how y'all been? Been great. Good. Good. Good to. Ha- it's good to be on. I'm glad to have you. I'm glad we we're able to get this put together because I was like, you know what? Like everyone that I have on to the show, I, I tend to have repeating guests, and that's okay. But every so often, it's good to have someone new on to get just a, a new feel for somebody and just hear a new story, especially when there's, you know, two at that. So it's rare that I have that kind of dynamic. So I'm glad you're, you're able to make it on. And also, that makes it a little more difficult also when there's two people because two schedules. So thank you for this. This is awesome. I'm glad to have you. Yeah, thank you. So uh, I just want to kind of jump in almost kind of interview style, I guess. It's, it's like 20, 20 or 60 minutes or something and, and just ask some questions and just kind of spark conversation. That's what we do here is just converse and try to keep it chill. So I guess the first question I want to ask you, you, you all are in Colorado, correct? Correct. Awesome. Awesome. I, I went out to Colorado for my sister's wedding back in 96 and I loved it. And I was like, I want to go back. I want to move here. And I'm lazy. So I was like, I'm I'm not I'm not moving. <laughs> Just gonna stay here in Maryland. It's easy. But yeah, it's it's definitely a spot. Like it's it's nice. It's beautiful. Out the world. It, it felt like a different world to me. Yeah. Where'd you guys go for a wedding? Um uh where were we? I don't know. Pike's Peak. Oh, okay, cool. That is yeah. great. And we I remember we went to visit the Garden of the Gods. Yep. And just had kind of a, a a weird time, but a good time at, at the same time. So, so you guys are out there in that nice area, and, and then you know legalized marijuana. So, <laughs> not that I dabble in that, but you know, sometimes we want to make that reference because I think after that you guys won a Super Bowl. So, just yeah, and I think and then Seattle or Washington State did, then Seattle won. So it's just I don't know. I just feel like. There's something to it. I'm waiting on Michigan to legalize it so Detroit can at least make the playoffs. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, where do you all train out of? 
So we train out of Dark Horse Combat Club. Uh, it is a sister school of Dark Horse BJJ that started in Longmont. Um, pretty good squad there. Long Longmont is about like just over 11 years old now. Um, and Dark Horse Combat Club hasn't always been Dark Horse Combat Club. It, it started off as a Alchemy Combat Club. It was just like uh, a little club that was run like with the permission of a judo school. Like they weren't training at certain times. And um, these guys named Joey and Jason were like, hey, like we want to start a jiu-jitsu gym club. Like, I'm sure they just called it a club at the time so that it wouldn't seem like anything too ambitious. And they would you know, ask if like, hey, you're not using the match Tuesday and Thursday. Can we have classes on those days? And that's how Alchemy started. And that was probably like over seven years ago or something like that. Okay. Yeah. But we've been Dark Horse for uh, maybe five years. Cool. Yeah. Cool. And how long have you two been training? Uh, I've been training in just over five years. And I've been okay. training for over a, little, a little over a year. Okay. All right. Good. Good. Uh, I'm always curious about how long anyone's been training. Like, I went to visit a gym not too long ago, and I'm signing their waiver, and they asked me, how long have you been training? And I said, six years. And they're like, oh, so you're, you're a brown belt? And, and I was like, <laughs> I, I felt kind of... I didn't know how to feel. I was like, "Nah, man, I'm, I'm a, I'm a blue, blue belt." And they're like, and the guy just kind of gave me this look that felt like pity, like, "Oh damn," <laughs> like, "Yeah, oh." So, <laughs> it's like, and then I went in there and tormented their blue belts. So I was like, mm, "Maybe I'm sandbagging. I don't know. I'm not. I'm, I'm pretty, pretty, pretty bad at jujitsu. I'm just a guy." Um, <laughs> And both of your ranks, what is what are you guys at right now? I'm a purple belt. And I'm blue belt. Yeah. Excellent. How about how about you? How long have you been training and all that good stuff? I am coming up on seven years, at least signed up for seven years. Um, <laughs> as far as actual training time, probably really somewhere near like four years consistently. So I and now I'm in another one of those weird funks where I'm not training as much as I want to. Mm -hmm. And I just saw a lot of my teammates, uh, well, not a lot of my teammates, but several teammates, you know, just the, our end of the year ceremony. Everybody just came back from worlds and stuff, and all the promotions started hitting. And, you know, there's just that, that fire lit in me like, I need to get back on the mats and just start grinding again. Yeah. I, I need that purple's my favorite color. So <laughs> I need to at least get that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So and I think my daughter likes seeing purple belt. Like when they, when I showed the pictures the other day, she saw the purple belt. She was like, ooh, <laughs> your belt doesn't look like that. So <laughs> I no longer have a daughter. I put her up for adoption. <laughs> this shit was hurtful. Like, cause she said it with like some emphasis too. Like, damn, brutal. Like, don't look down on me. Um, so, 
but yeah, um, that's cool. Uh, like, I don't know for whatever, Eric, with your rank, I, I don't even know if I had any like ideal, even remotely, what where you might have been ranked. I know with with Ali, I believe I thought you were a blue belt. Yeah, it was like I think she's a blue belt, but like with with you, I was like I don't know, and I, I've seen you know pictures. I've posted videos, but in my brain, for some reason, I'm not sure what. Maybe I just kind of glossed over the belt, maybe, yeah. or maybe I've been seeing a lot of no gi, possibly. Yeah, probably um, a lot of no gi. Yeah. Okay. So that, that that's the excuse I'll go with. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> just well, so doing no we're all, we're all on our own paths, you know. Like, there's no um correct one or whatever. Like. Yeah. You know, you're you're on your own path. There's no reason in like I'm trying to compare. I'm sure your your life is much different than mine. Like I I chose yeah. to maybe uh, I don't know maybe a year and a half into training, like shortly. No, actually, like two years into training, because like the first like eight months, I was just a spazzy white belt that wanted to show up as much as I could and had like crazy ambitions. Well, was just getting hurt because I was just training like a dumbass, and then you know, maybe eight months in, like I started to understand a little bit more about how to calm down. But even so, it wasn't like I think it was just luck that I happened to not get hurt, you know, on the way to my blue belt. And then right when I got my blue belt, I got a little more involved with the gym because there was just people asking for classes at 6 a.m. and nobody was willing to you know like there's not a purple belt that was willing to open the doors and that's what the jason wanted at first was like hey we need a purple belt to do class at 6 a.m. and then when no purple belts stepped up for that he was like all right let me just get a blue belt <laughs> that is willing to open the doors like it's just going to be like open mat or whatever and so that's how I got a little more involved at the gym, but um, I don't know, maybe a couple, a few months after that, I got more involved. He, you know, Jason was asking me to help him out with the gym. And then, you know, he saw me do it for a couple months and then dipped the owner literally just like, was like, Oh, you can, you can handle this. All right. Left to California and damn. I got left with a gym, but shortly after, like, I was like, I like this. Like, this is what I want to do for life. So I've been at the gym, like, seven days a week for the better part of, like, three years. You know, like, after training for two years, you know, that was, like, you know, semi-consistent anywhere from two to four days a week. But once I started working at the gym, I was there seven days a week and it wasn't until maybe six months ago that I realized like, I need to start taking some days off, take some days for myself. So now I'm training like five days a week, but you know, not everyone gets that, that experience, you know, where they can just get the gym, literally like sleep on the mats at one point. Like not everyone can do that. Yeah. That was early on when I started, I could only go once a week based off of my work schedule. I could only make it in on Saturdays. Mm -hmm. And 
once I left that job, my schedule opened up and then I realized like, wait a minute, there's more opportunity here as far as, you know, just daytime classes, morning classes, even the class. So I, I was there as much as I could be. It, there's very, very little stopping me. There are days that, you know, my wife, she works nights. So I, you know, pack my daughter up and like, all right, baby, we're going to the gym and <laughs> sit her over on the side of the mat and just as much as I could. Now that she's older, it's actually a little harder to do that because she's five. And mm-hmm. as an infant and a toddler, she can kind of just, you know, sleep in her car seat, you know, sleep in her little carrier. Now that she's older, having her up late is is more of an issue. So that's been my big thing now is, you know, going for my regular like evening class, like seven o'clock, seven to eight, um, I can get home before my wife leaves and then Wednesday mornings, but all the action happens eight to nine 30. Yeah. And I'm like, damn it, I can't be there for that. So my wife and I, we've sat, we've had some talks. Like, <laughs> look, I know that you make more money than me. You don't have to tell your parents or my parents, like, but I need to do jujitsu police so (laughs) like like everyone's path is different in that regard but not not just that though you everyone's motivations are a little different too right whether you want to compete whether you're a hobbyist whether you're just you know doing it to keep yourself sane i know that's part of it for me sometimes like i got to get humbled so i don't yell at someone at work but everyone has a different, a different path and, and why. So that actually kind of goes to my next question for both of you is what got you into training? Yeah, well, that's, that's a great point about like everyone's motivations different too. Like before I answer your question, like, uh, drift off a little bit on the, we'll get back to that. But, um, <laughs> like I was thinking about that the other day, cause like we didn't talk at all about what, how Ali started like you know she she's been training for a little over a year and I mean you can tell the story yourself about how you like got more into it um yeah so I started jiu-jitsu because I moved from Massachusetts here to Denver and my parents are still back in Massachusetts my dad was all worried about me so he was like hey like you should really maybe do like a self-defense class or something so I was googling like different self-defense things to do and started with Krav Maga and I did not like that at all. Um, I don't know if it's different at other gyms, but the one I went to was like a bunch of 40-year-old women punching bags to like pop music. And I was like, this is not that fun. <laughs> and then uh, in my search for Krav Maga, I saw Dark Horse on Google. And I decided to give that a shot as well. Um, and then ever since I started, I kind of got addicted to it. Um, I'm sure you can attest to that as well. But uh, I used to like go on runs and stuff for like activity, just to like kind of help curb anxiety and stuff. And then doing jujitsu was kind of like a more fun community-based way to do that. And then then I started competing, and then I got really, really into it. And that's definitely my drive now is competition. So just very different from Eric's drive, which is coaching. So yeah, <laughs> but, and she moved here to like be a like she didn't mention she she moved here to be a snowboard coach, like a competitive 
snowboard coach, <laughs> which is like, yeah, I had a awesome, you know, but I think I had my first day um, at Winter Park. I was supposed to be coaching their competition team um, for like slope style and half pipe. Um, I moved that. I started doing that orientation. I think it was like November. So maybe like a month after I started jujitsu and I did that orientation and then I emailed him like the week later and I was like, sorry, I can't do this because it's going to take up too much time because I just want to be training all the time. I didn't want to be up the mountain. So with your training and competing, do you coach as well or are you uh, as training uh, and competing? I've, I've dabbled in coaching. So I teach a women's class on Wednesday nights. Uh, so once a week, uh, we have a pretty small women's class, but we're trying to grow that. And then I've, you know, coached a couple of the girls at competition, but uh, nothing, nothing too serious right now. But hopefully, yeah, one day. Okay. All right. And Eric, uh, yeah, what got you into training? So I guess podcast would be a perfect time. I was going to say kind of a long story. Usually <laughs> that's what I'm used to saying when somebody like asked me at the gym and like I only have, you know, so much time to talk to everyone right yep. um but uh where do i start i i guess like i'd always been listening to, like as a young 18 19 20 year old person listening to joe rogan right and so joe rogan's always mentioning it and one of his guests was sam harris i'm not sure if you've heard of sam harris but you know sam harris was like at the time i was such like an angry i had such, such an angry place in my life with like religion and all those things that i was like sam harris was my guy and listening to joe rogan and sam harris talk about jujitsu i was like oh that's you know that's interesting right but it was just something that was like oh that's cool like and then it just kind of leaves your mind um i later work at uh, a bar and there's always like we're, we're showing ufc fights right and so we're watching the ufc fights and i had a couple of situations where um outside of the bar i'm kind of mixing it all up right now i guess it's the vodka okay. talking but um there's a couple situations where i feel like i could have stepped up i could have like stood up for somebody at least told somebody to like fuck off you know like hey like what what are you doing here like just then i could have stood up and you know defended somebody or whatever right and you know there wasn't an actual uh verbal altercation other than them being verbal at me and and somebody that I was with and it, it also just seems like such a different time in my life too because um I guess to talk get a little into that like again I was a bartender and I was hanging out with somebody that I worked with at the bar and he was just like you know some some dude that was like I guess I, in my head it stand it stands out he's like a very gay mexican guy and super into cocaine right like and everyone knows him for that uh at least he's everyone called him crazy eyes i'll change his name for his safety um 
<laughs> William. Crazy eyes, William. Um, and uh, so we're all doing cocaine. And for whatever reason, I'm like, I need to step out of this situation. I don't, this isn't my scene. Like I, I did a little bit just to not seem like a, like I was lame, I guess. And then I like stepped out of, and I guess at the time too, I was like, I need a cigarette. I don't smoke cigarettes, but for whatever reason, like that's what was going on through my head. I was just trying to not be lame. And, uh, so I'm outside, like, I guess I, I either borrowed a cigarette for somebody or there was somebody outside smoking a cigarette and I bummed. I don't do not remember at all what was happening, but there's this lady and she was like an older lady and we were just shooting the shit. I, who knows what the fuck we're talking about. And out comes this guy that looks like he came out of the, like we're in like a pretty gentrified area of Denver. And out comes this guy that looks like he's straight out of Nebraska, like <laughs> in his overalls and no shirt. And he's like, don't you talk to her. She's a hard R N word lover. And I was like, just so taken aback. I'd never seen racism like so, you know, in your face, like outward. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, you hear about these things, but you never experience it. And I was just like, I just bitched out. I was just like, I just did nothing about it. And like the guy like kept saying the thing. And then eventually I think she told him to fuck off. And then that was it. But I remember just feeling so like later feeling so like I, I could have at least told that guy to fuck off. Like you needed some, you need to learn some confidence somewhere. Yeah. Right. And like, I think there was part of me that was so worried that if I spoke up, something was going to happen and I wasn't going to know what to do. Right. And so then cut to maybe like a couple months later that uh, Nate Diaz and Conor McGregor are fighting. And so at this point, I'm becoming like a, a UFC fan just from watching the, the fights at the bar. And Nate Diaz like pulls off a crazy upset on Conor McGregor, right? Chokes him out. And I was like, that was insane. Let me let me YouTube that. And then in comes Henry Gracie with his Gracie breakdown. <laughs> you guys. And I was like, oh, OK, like the way he broke it down, like not only was he a friendly guy. He was smart. He was like, and I was like, okay, this isn't because I, like I said, I'd heard Sam Harris, Joe Rogan talk about it. And I'm like, oh, these guys are smart guys. I respect these guys. Um, but it wasn't clear to me exactly what they're talking about. It just felt so esoteric and like another world. And then when I hear somebody break down exactly how Nate Diaz went about choking McGregor and such like an intellectual and he's got the energy, right? So I'm just like, entranced by it i was like okay this is this is something i for real need to check out right and so then like maybe for like two weeks or a week i'm like seriously thinking about it and one day i'm like on an uber ride and um this guy i i couldn't recognize his accent i'm like is he like middle eastern or something and i like for whatever reason he's asking me questions you know some uber drivers ask questions 
and uh, he was asking me questions and I was like, oh, I'm thinking about starting, you know, like learning how to do martial arts or something here soon. Little do I know this guy's a Brazilian black belt, like driving me around right now. And he tells me like, no, oh, you need to do jujitsu. Like, cause I think I was thinking about, I mentioned Muay Thai and jujitsu and he was like, no, dude, do jujitsu, go do jujitsu tomorrow. Like look it up on your phone, look up Easton, type it in right now and you call tomorrow and you go tomorrow. And I was like, and that was it. Right. Like I went out tried a uh, couple of different schools. I, I just liked the, uh, the vibe at alchemy better at the time was alchemy than Easton because Easton's like the big school out here. And, uh, yeah, oh. it's like just been, been doing it ever since. So I get what you're saying when you said, you know, somebody crossed paths with you in the gym they ask you, it's a long story. And it's like, yeah, tell it here though. This is a podcast. We want yeah. long stories, but that's a, a roller coaster ride of, you know, just emotions, you know, in a lot of ways and just you know, from this point to that point, because I know, you know, myself and I'm sure people listening have been in those situations where something's going awry and it's like, you know, I wish there's something I could do. You know, this is, you know, before training, you know, now after training, you know, we have the confidence at the very least to step up and say something, Yeah, you know, because, you know, it may not turn into an altercation because a, a lot of times, you know, at least in my experience, it it never escalates to a physical altercation. It's usually, at least for me, you know, kind of talking the situation down, but knowing it's in my back pocket. If mm -hmm. I need to, I can get this guy to the ground quick and, and just restrain him. Yeah. You know, so it's, I'm always kind of curious about that frame of mind with people as well you know where you were before training and where you are now after training too so that's you know a great story and thank you for sharing that with us uh even all the wild details yeah. <laughs> um so when you first started training though and got into the gym your first day of training what was that like for you? how did you feel going in uh so i i have very like vague or foggy memory of like actually i guess starting out because like it kind of mixes in i remember my trial class my orientation class at easton which is the first place that i went to the the school that the guy told me to go to and it was like probably some purple belt that just like really briefly ran through how to like break fall and shrimp and then just getting thrown into a class. And then I was paired up with like, I think, you know, they peeled off and highest belt with the lowest belt. And I think my first class at Easton, I just remember like the, the, the brown belt was just like nitpicking at everything I did. I'm just like, and nothing I could I could not do anything right at all. I was just like, there's no way. That, like, why do I suck it at this so so hard? And I was like, okay, like, well, I guess that's that's how it is. 
then they they were going to open it up to roll at the end and they didn't let me roll they were like oh you have to have two stripes to roll and i was like all right uh so then i went to alchemy and i think on my my orientation class with jason it was similar i think i told him that i did an orientation class so i don't remember him like teaching me breakfalls and shrimps again i think he was just like, oh you just did that okay cool is there any questions you have or anything like that and i was like uh i was like can you put me through every submission real quick and because i want to know how and when to tap and that was like a that had ne he'd never seen that before and now that I've been doing orientations for the past <laughs> four years, like I realize how fucking weird it would be if somebody came to me and said that. But <laughs> I guess I did that, right? I, I literally told the guy, like, can you put me in every submission and, and then so I can learn how to tap? <laughs> I mean, it's I only learn a lot of stuff, so I know how to defend it. Yeah. Like, I have almost zero offense other than you know, back to, you know, once I get your back, obviously, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm in a pretty safe place. Uh, I'm not crazy about leg locks, but I'm not terrible at it. Mm -hmm. But uh, funny enough, you know, I'm rocking my armbar attic shirt. Hey. I am trash at arm bars. It's <laughs> just, well, because the video that I just posted, I believe on off the mats, I posted on one of the pages and how you were breaking down the arm bar, what happens with most people is they rush the arm bar. And yeah. that's my, well, from guard, not so much from guard. I'm, I'm straight, but our neon belly one. Is that what you're talking about? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's um, any, any arm bar from any top position. Yeah. That's me. I rush through. I get worried about holding that position or keeping control of the arm. So, but you know, it's not bizarre. I don't think at least maybe, I, maybe in the way that you ask, like, hey, put me in all the submissions. It's like, <laughs> yeah. maybe, but I don't know. Like, it feels like something if I heard him, like, okay, hmm, that's new. Yeah, that's a weird request. <laughs> yeah. I'd probably, I'd probably go home and say to my wife, like, you know, I heard the fucking weirdest thing today. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But, but no, that's, I mean, still a, a unique way of approaching that, though. Yeah. Well, I think I knew that, like, I'm just the kind of person that the way I learn is just banging my head in the wall sometimes. So I'm teaching him snowboarding right now. And that is a hundred percent true. <laughs> he likes to likes to just send things and then figure it out afterwards. Yeah. I like your style. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, and then I guess the, uh, that those weren't even my first classes. Those are orientations, right? Like, I I have like weird, like vague memories, like specific points that I can remember within certain classes, but like it's probably my first two weeks, right? And just like different memories of all that. Like not, I can't remember like this was my first class. Maybe I remember like the lesson of the week, but like I just remember like the first two weeks and like certain moments within the first two weeks that I was just like, Jesus Christ, this, this like, you know, this is awesome. This sucks. Like just kind of like this, like whole, like, you know, crazy up and down feeling of like, this is the coolest thing ever. And also this is 
that really sucks you know like this sucks kind of thing i'm being on the bottom of like i think we're learning how to do case katami when i'm within my first week and like you're learning how to like pull up on somebody's arm as they're trying to shrimp as like a shrimp counter and like having no clue what we're doing you know like it didn't register to me what exactly we're doing i i look back at it now and i can see like see myself in the confusion i'm like oh that's <laughs> that's what you were doing but um i had a, a very similar first couple days to eric too where like i started another gym and it was like the or there was no orientation kind of thing it was kind of like good luck have fun in class it was at a 10th planet here in denver and I really liked it. Like, they were very nice. I went to a women's class and uh, had a good time. Like, definitely got addicted to it there. Um, but I was like, I, I have no idea what I'm doing. And we were like, I don't, we were learning some submission and they were calling it like using the headphones and you were like kind of trapping their head while you were in mount. Um, I don't even know what it was now looking back. But um, then I went to Dark Horse and did the whole orientation thing. Um, and then I remember Eric, he actually did my orientation um, and he was like, so when's your first class going to be? And I was like, tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. So I was like, definitely off to like a really um, like excited start, very ambitious. Um, and then I think like that class, we learned Kimura from North South and then into like a, a Kimura with them on their side. Um, and then I think the next day I found out you could compete at adult. I thought it was only a thing for kids and pros. And then I was like, I want to compete. And Eric, I remember just telling me like, relax like you have time and i was like nah fuck you <laughs> i'm competing i'm competing in like the next month yeah and then i ended up competing with like three months of training because i was like so stoked about it <laughs> she held a grudge i mean she still <laughs> holds a grudge so it still rings in her head yeah i won gold my first competition after three months of training because i was so like spiteful <laughs> so with with going out and competing and winning gold your first time out yeah what was that like just for you mentally emotionally and everything uh it was cool it was like definitely one of those things like my professor always talks about uh, at promotion parties talks about people coming in with like their head kind of hung low and then like you see them like a year later and they have like you know they're holding their head high and they have confidence it's kind of one of those things because i was like even if it's not true like i felt like i could defend myself at that time in in life which is really reassuring as a girl who's like you know relatively small um, so it's, it was nice. And whenever I lose, I notice that that kind of stands true. I'm like, oh, now I can't defend myself. So I get really upset when I lose, not because I'm losing the competition, but because I feel like my jujitsu is not good enough to protect myself. Um, but yeah, it was winning was, was awesome. It kept me, kept me interested in it. I was like, I kind of had a feeling before I went in, like before I, I was like telling everybody, I was like, nah, no way I'll win. But like in my head, I was kind of like, nah, I know I'm going to do good. And then i kept doing kept doing well good yeah and eric um even though you're coaching do, like do you compete or have you stepped into those waters um yeah I, I try to compete here and there and so like that's what i was going to get into with when i when you mentioned the uh the motivation yeah. earlier like i think my first competition like when i first started i remember thinking like i'm not going to compete just because in my mind like i had watched too much youtube already and there was people saying that oh competition's not real this and that like it's not 
like I don't know how to say like I don't know. I think I just watched jujitsu competition in my head and I was like, that's not real combat. Like I was real like big that's the MMA. Haters. I'm a big like <laughs> MMA fan, right? Like so like I I looked at like Nate Diaz and I was like, oh that's the guy. Like I wanna be like I wanna be like Nate Diaz, I wanna be like Conor McGregor, I wanna be like those dudes. And then for whatever like I I think I, at one point like I'd listened to enough podcasts and like whatever, like for example, Chujitsu. He I remember one of his videos where he said, like, one of the best things you can do for self-defense and MMA is go to jujitsu competitions. Cause you're not going to feel that kind of intensity, you know, in your gym. So then at that point I was convinced like, okay, I need to, I need to compete. I need to, I need to try it out. And so like eight months into training, I like poured myself into like preparing for a competition. And then I just got wrecked my first match. And I think ever since then, like, I just realized, like, okay, like this is, this is different. Like, and I realized like, I don't know. I have this love-hate relationship with competing. Um, and I want to compete. I want to do good for competition. But I feel like the motivation within that lies with, like, it's more out of a logical thing than it is something within me. Because, like, someone that does really, really well competitions, oftentimes, like, they're they have this like unbreakable will this this idea of themselves usually like at least outwardly where they say they're going to be the best and it kind of requires that like i don't know like like you look at people that have reached crazy heights like they they outwardly they will say things that just sound nuts like conor mcgregor and whoever else right like people <laughs> that have this crazy belief in themselves um, and I just don't, I can't muster that. I can't bring that, you know? And again, I like, I want to compete. I want to do well because I, I know that like logically, if I want to have my own school, it's good, right? I, I need to have some sort of com competition pedigree. And if not, at least for myself, like be able to bring somebody to those heights as a coach. You know what I mean? Um, so I like, like I said, there's this love hate relationship where like, I want to do it. I could do it for myself. And like, I'm young enough, I could probably get after it. And like, you know, no excuse to not try. But then I also look at like, at the highest level, there's 16 year olds in my bracket that are Colabate. <laughs> yeah, fucking Colabate. It's <laughs> gonna wreck my shit in 45 seconds <laughs> and there's nothing I can do about that. So, um, I, I, I don't know. There's just, there's like this, this drive within me that wants to get better. Like I look at people like, at like Bill Belichick, John Danaher, like to me, those are like people that I really idolize now. Um, and so there's a lot of motivation for me to like, to be like, one of those guys, hopefully, but I also know that I, I feel like to be able to coach anyone at that level too, like I want, I want to be able to break whatever the anxiety is within my own head of like, that way you can relate. You can be like, okay, I felt this too, this anxiety, this fear, but like you can get past it. Cause I did. 
yeah. it's helpful to have as a coach for sure. Exactly. Right. Like I want to be able to coach people to greatness. Um, and I feel like if I can do that with myself too, then I can maybe do it to, for somebody else. But yeah, it's this love hate thing that, you know, my motivations, I feel at the end of the day for like jujitsu in general, it, it, it all falls under, I want to have my own gym. I want to run my own gym. I want it to be successful. I want to like in a sense, be my own boss. Um, and why I started jujitsu apart from like the story I gave you, I was also just real lost in my life. Like I told you a story of doing fucking cocaine with people that were like, <laughs> you know, I, I probably like generally wouldn't really hang out with, you know what I mean? Um, but I needed something like I, I came from a background of, my whole family's job was witnesses and I'm not right. Like anymore, at least. So my whole family doesn't talk to me and a huge part of why jujitsu has been so huge to me is that it's like provided kind of that, that family aspect. Um, and so I like what it did for me. I like how it like gave me something to focus on, something to pour myself into, give me a sense of community people that are better like associations and people that are going to be partying, you know, just every weekend live for that life. Um, people that are constantly like everyone in the room, I feel like in jujitsu for the most part is trying to better themselves. Right. And so, um, yeah, like, I like how it did all that for me. Um, and so really like that, that's, where my motivations lie. I want to have a great school. I want to have a school that can do what jujitsu has done for me. I want to keep giving back. Um, but then there's, there's also competition. Like, I don't know, recently there's been like this, uh, there's been a, a new gym that moved into town uh, called Logos Jiu-Jitsu. And they're like, they're, they're the hot new thing, right? Like they're, they're, their coach is um, an Atos black belt. I got it, and I'm not sure what he's done at Worlds. He might have won Worlds or or something at one point. He's but. got he's got clout for sure. Yeah, and not even that significant a clout. I don't even know if he's got five thousand followers. Like yeah, but it's like kind of the thing where people people in Denver like know his name and they're like, oh oh man, you train under him. That's dope. Yeah. And uh, they definitely have like, or at least they had they had a girl that was a, a brown belt and she actually left. She moved to the East Coast. But I think that was a lot of the thing driving their competition too, because she was very successful. No gi. Yeah. She was just like badass. <laughs> so there was a couple people there that were kind of pulling yeah. uh, competition at least. So, yeah. So running my gym, dark horse, like it was all gravy. And then now some of the people that like took competition more seriously and the, like, it was like, they were awesome for the group to have, like a lot of them left for logos. And that's a huge motivation too, of like, I don't want to like run a gym and then just lose them. Like the ones that start taking it more seriously, you know what I mean? Yep. Cause you know, not only for the sake of like to be able to say they train with me, but they were great people to have, you know, like I've lost a lot of, yeah, they were, they were cool. Lost a lot of good people with that. Yeah. That's the, you know, kind of circling back to what you're saying with competing and the anxieties to that 
you know, I, I've run into the same pitfalls myself. Mm-hmm. My first competition, it, it was, I think, eight minutes from my house, right down the street, a little local competition. Nice. Um, you know, this is now, I, I believe, I since left my previous job and started a new job. So I have a full open schedule. So I'm, you know, at the gym all the time. So I'm thinking now I'm ready. I want to get out there and compete. I, I feel like I have a grasp. I get out there. I earned silver. I don't know that the guy that I beat, he quit. He, he gave up. He was beating me the whole match. He gave up. Um, I forced got my way into side control, got my three points. <laughs> One, three, three to two. Uh-huh. That, that was the final. Uh, I went into the, it was a four man bracket. I went into the final. Uh, this young man, I don't know. It, like when we tapped hands, he just stood straight up, like standing straight up. <laughs> and I look at my coach, I was like, what do I do? And he goes, Oh, get your grips. Yeah. So I was like, I was, I was confused. He was just standing there. Like, <laughs> like he just looked at me like, you know, almost kind of like, I'm not worried about anything you can do. Oh, wow. And in my head, I was like, you're right. <laughs> um, And I went to get grips. Nope. Wasn't happening. Uh, Eventually he went for a single leg and I have a really good balance, so he's trying everything to mm-hmm. get me down. Probably for about a minute, we're just I'm hopping around on one foot. It's not working. Eventually, I, I think he just rushed me, and I fell over. Yeah, so he gets his two. Uh, he gets side control, so now it's five zero. We end up in half guard. I'd never seen half guard in my life. <laughs> I, I, I was like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> Like, I've been there, but I, I didn't know what to do from there. So I'm just bottom half guard, just getting smashed. Like, but he, we stayed there because he wasn't getting that leg back. Like, yeah. He wasn't getting mount for sure. But after that, I think going into that, that match with that gentleman, that started messing with my head. And I went back to the gym, started working hard, felt confident. And I think just... I think what it was with me was every time I stepped on the mat at the competition, my, my, you know, breathing got weird. My chest felt heavy. I didn't like that feeling. Yeah. So it's like, and I, I'm going to compete again. I will. It's just our gym. The ownership has changed and you know, it, it's, it's a different vibe there now. And, uh, you know, it's competition is big at our gym. You know, every time there's a competition, whether it be Naga, Grappling Industries, IBJJF, shit, people are traveling. You know, like let's go down to Atlanta. Let's go to Cincinnati. I don't know who would ever want to go to Cincinnati, but whatever. <laughs> Have a blast. Say you're the best in Cincinnati. That's gross. Um, <laughs> I can say that because I don't have any listeners in Ohio for a reason. <laughs> and now but, you never will. <laughs> yeah, there's gonna be that one. It's like fuck that guy. Um, <laughs> that's great. But, but you know, they, like that's kind of a big, big thing now at our gym is competing. And now even for IBJJF, we have prerequisites. 
for us to even sign up for, you know, any of those tournaments at our gym. Mm -hmm. So in my head, it's like, I want to get out there. I want to do it, but it's like the actual force myself to do it, making it happen. You know, and there there are other things though in jujitsu that sets you apart. I mean, again, with, with you, Eric, uh, as a coach, you know, that's a huge, huge thing. And I know for some people, they say, well, you can't really be a top flight coach if you haven't, you know, taste the waters. And it's like, I'm sure that scene was all completely fucking wrong, but whatever. <laughs> like, look, this, this we're 86 episodes in. <laughs> like, they're, they're used to it by now. But basically, it's like, if you haven't been out there on that level, you know, people say, well, you can't expect to be a good coach and that's that's absolutely incorrect yeah so i mean i don't know i just feel like you know if you say to yourself i want to push myself and challenge myself and get out there and compete that's that's again a personal journey that's a personal choice but if you also say i don't want to do that i have other things i'm going to do out here in this uh field and i'm going to contribute in these ways you know what you bring to the table, it matters. And, you know, no one has anything to say about that. So I've had coaches tell me, you know, at other periods of my training that mentally I'm just not, not, I'm not there. And that fucks with me a little bit too at times. So it's kind of like, wow, this fucking sucks. So Mm. I don't know. I think at the end of the day, whatever drives you you know that that's what it is that's your drive and you know if if you're going to get out there and compete and you know go out there and just make it your thing cool in the gang if you're like yeah i'm gonna hang back and coach and and build up the next wave of you know champions even fucking better because i I think good coaching is is not appreciated enough so yeah but you know either way you there you got this i believe in you eric (laughs) yeah and that's why i mentioned like specifically not only bill belichick is like the guy in our in the era right now Mm -hmm. he didn't play football nope right and john danaher never signed up for competition and and it is as I was going through what I was saying, that's the first thing that came to mind was Belichick. He's yeah. uh he's from uh Annapolis out here in Maryland, about fifteen minutes from here. What's up now? I always tell yeah. Eric he should he should cut off his sleeves of his hoodie when he's coaching me at competitions. <laughs> Dude, do it. <laughs> they'll they'll get the message. Hey, just a quick, quick uh heads up here. I'm I'm gonna edit this out anyway. I just saw the Texans were winning and Detroit was digging the Arizona's ass 17 to zero. So <laughs> maybe we should do this every Sunday. Then. <laughs> if both of those teams win, I'm like, Hey, so you guys busy next Sunday? Cause <laughs> like, why? Just no reason. No reason. <laughs> you just hear the game on in the background and you're like, <laughs> like, no, yes, no reason to cut that out. <laughs> we, we're, yeah. we can be sad fans. <laughs> I, I'm I'm always a very sad fan, especially on Thanksgiving. So yeah. like, that's our our Thanksgiving tradition is watching me cry. 
Like, Are you gonna be okay? <laughs> Fuck no, Grandma. Just make the macaroni. Oh my god. <laughs> like, leave me, leave me to my pity. <laughs> um. So, with both of you, one of the ways that I kind of, again, have kind of come about with with your uh, brand is Armbar Attic. So, I guess. For my next question, really is armbar. Like, what what is it with the armbar for you that you gravitated towards? It's it's good, <laughs> good soup. It's um. <laughs> so for for Eric, he had a he had an instance in a competition where he got armbarred real bad. And then he was kind of like, I'm never going to let that happen to me again. So he started studying the arm bar. And this was like years before I started training. Um, but then when I started training and when I was going out for my first competition, I was like, so what do I do, coach? <laughs> and uh, he told me to just drill the closed guard arm bar. And that's what I did over and over and over again. And I think I got that like four times or something. Maybe. No, actually, because I use it in Nogi too. It's probably like six or seven times mm -hmm. in a grappling industries tournament for my first one. And I was like, oh, this works. And uh, even after that, I was like not convinced that that was my favorite. And then after my second competition, I was like, okay, armbar is my favorite. Um, so then we decided to like, you know, revamp armbar addicts because he had already started it as kind of like a fan page um a couple years back kind of reposting arm bars and stuff and then we were like oh let's make it make it into a brand you know this is something that we use constantly and it's our favorite submission so we already have the like a little bit of reach from the instagram it was like 2000 followers or something at the time yeah and uh so we decided to just kind of revamp it and make some merch yeah and i think even before that instance where i got armbarred real bad at a tournament like <laughs> there was um i don't know if it was my second or third competition that i was getting ready for and um i'm like running through my game plan and i'm gonna shout out tom rampley here uh he's like local black belt and he's just one of those people that you can talk to for like 10 minutes and whatever they say will be so impactful and you'll be like you know, just like an engineer type person that just thinks on a different level. Like, so Tom, like Tom walks in and he's one of those guys that actually never trained at Dark Horse. He would pop his head in, though, because there was a kickboxing gym at the front of our of our setup. It was a weird setup. It was a giant warehouse where there was a CrossFit gym and then jujitsu in the back and then kickboxing in the front. And Tom would always pop his head back there. And just say hi and look at the jujitsu just because he loves jujitsu so much. So he'd just be back there. And I'd be like, hey Tom, can you like tell me what you think about this game plan? So my game plan, I'm like drilling neon belly over and over again. And I'm like trying to like force a darts choke from neon belly. And what he tells me is like, okay, that's that's a good move, but that's not proactive. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, you're you're expecting them or counting on your partner to make a mistake so that you can then capitalize on that. And I was like, okay. And then, so he's like, fuck your game plan. Not really. Right. He's like, all right, neon belly's cool. And then he shows me this, the neon belly armbar. 
And then I just started drilling that neon belly armbar. He gives me, he gives me awesome details. He tells me like, it's proactive. Like you want to be doing something where you're actively attacking at something. And then after I started drilling it from neon belly, I started drilling it from close guard, realizing that like people have two arms usually. And uh, <laughs> you can you can just start pulling at somebody's arms and start separating that, and that gets everything going. Like so, if you have a legitimate threat which says, "I'm going to pull at your arms," and if you do nothing about this, I am taking this arm with you with me. Then the entire sea of jujitsu opens up, as opposed to going about it and just trying to expect your partner to mess up. You force them, you force them to mess up. You force them to do something. So that's really, for me, like arm bar, arm bars are good, but like they're, <laughs> they're, they're proactive. They, uh, you can work them from anywhere you can. And then from there, they open everything. They open everything else up. That's anything, but armbars particularly, you can just... It's just so satisfying, you know? You're just yeah. breaking somebody's arm. <laughs> that, that went really dark very quickly, <laughs> but okay, sure. Because uh, like, I was wondering, because, you know, I've put in the story question every so often, um, submission preference, you know, choke or, you know, joint lock or anything mm -hmm. and i i was always say even though i'm trash at arm bars i would always say arm bar it's just mm -hmm. i'm bad at them but well from in any other position besides the close guard close guard arm bar you know that's I, i'm comfortable yeah but it's like but i want to get better and then you know people are pointing out well you know you could get a lunatic that'll let you break their arm but if you choke them unconscious they don't have a choice and i was like oh i guess so that's why I was just wondering, um, you know, what what led you there with the arm bar? And yes, arm bars are good. They're, I mean, they're not just good; they're great, actually. <laughs> um, and that's actually going to be the title of the episode: <laughs> arm bars are good. So thank you for that, because a lot of times I have a hard time with titles, and I just I just throw random words up. There's like uh, jujitsu's family, sure. <laughs> like we'll go. Uh -huh. um, so no, but thank you for sharing that and that actually helps a little bit just as a reminder you know just being proactive yeah you know whereas i think a big issue i have with my training or not training just me period is i'm good at surviving i'm good at defending so i put myself in dumb positions and then it frustrates people because you know they can't i have a stubby a short stubby neck so it's hard to choke me at times and I have T-Rex arms, so it's hard to get the arm bar. <laughs> and I have very sensitive wrists, and I know that. So I make sure not to open myself up for wrist locks. My ankles are very sensitive, so, you know, I protect my legs a lot. So I'm always defended, and my coaches always yell at me, like, like why did you do that? It's like, I don't, I don't know. It just felt comfortable just to kind of, like, you know, give up that position and just watch them get frustrated. It's like, yeah, but yes. if you're in competition, those are points. You're losing. Fuck. Okay. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I have the same issue. Like I there's nothing more satisfying than like giving somebody a fit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they can't do any of the things that they want to do. Like and so I, you know, I for better or worse, I've trained like that for a very, very long time. And then like, like even so, like as a coach, like I get in ruts where I just get so used to like maybe I get hurt in one way or another and I decide to like start taking it easy and then I just let everyone take positions on me. Yeah. Um, but then you have to work out of that when it's time to get a little more serious about what you want to go do at a tournament. I have a problem with that too. I'm, I'm like never – I'm. this has been a goal of mine for the past like month or so is like now I want to start like focusing on not pulling guard and in, in the gym um, – passing people like getting on top i got my last competition i got my first uh rear naked choke in a competition it was like the first time i ever took somebody's back in a competition because i'm always fighting from my back i'm never like advancing those positions and it's definitely difficult to make yourself you know not be the the submissive one in a situation because the guard is attractive <laughs> so it's like uh definitely a big a big old one i don't know if that's like a, a thing in our gym too because it seems like that that kind of carries out through at least the majority of the people we train with is like people are, you know, relatively, I guess, submissive in a sense. Like they're not necessarily trying to get to the back when we're training or like get to the mount when we're training. Like we kind of just like play around and like figure out those weird positions, kind of like you're saying. Um, but yeah. Yeah. That's and what you're saying as well with that too, Eric, is even though you might give up the position, you could, now you have to work your way out of it. And yeah. There are a lot of times I don't even think that I, I'm just like, I'm okay. I'm comfortable. Like, and you know, during COVID when everything was shut down over here, I had access to the gym. So one of um, my teammates who's the Muay Thai coach or one of the Muay Thai coaches, he and I would go up to the gym and he was starting to really embrace jujitsu at this point, but still more so Nogi. He was really looking at going into MMA I mm -hmm. think just after COVID, I think he said, you know what, screw it, um, jiu-jitsu, <clears throat> like, all the way. But when he and I would train during the uh, lockdown, it would just, you know, we would record it, and we go back and just play over and over, me finding joy out of frustrating him as the timer goes off and he can't get the arm bar, or he's got the triangle i it, there have been points where i tell people look if you can triangle me i will buy you dinner <laughs> and you know because again like in that position it's like okay it, someone got the arm bars like that doesn't count that's that's an arm bar that's not a triangle like oh i got the arm bar from the triangle it's like yeah but i didn't tap because of the triangle that's <laughs> because like you're about to break my arm there's there's a difference but mm -hmm. you know i always find joy out of that making others frustrated because they can't get what they want. And again, that's not particularly the correct thing to do. And like you said, we got to work out of those bad positions. So that's my goal upon returning to more training is figuring out how to work out of these bad positions and really having more of a top game. Because mm -hmm. I, again, I'm too comfortable whether it's bottom half guard or just guard even with someone like getting him out i'm like i'm not worried about you you ain't doing nothing to me you ain't getting his arm you ain't choking me oh look at that swept now i'm <laughs> in your guard 
and then I started getting fucked up. So, <laughs> you know, I, I got stuff to work on. I'm working on me. Um, just uh, one other question for you all here. Um, have you all seen Spider-Man? No. Mm-hmm. Everybody's been asking mm-hmm. us that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Man, I came to this prepared. Oh no! I, I went to see Spider Man specifically for this episode for you guys. Oh, you didn't do our homework. <laughs> I went to see Spider Man. I sacrificed my Thursday for you guys. Oh man! Oh damn! And you guys did not see it, and now I'm heartbroken <laughs> and I'm hurt, and I don't know what to do. I guess I got to go tell my daughter about it again, and she's just gonna look at me like, "What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like what? <laughs> Spider? Huh? Is like, there jujitsu in it?" <laughs> Oh, so there was a, a major fight scene at towards the end where there, there was not full blown, but it, it there was some stuff there. I was like, oh, okay, a little tripod, little tripod nice. sweet maybe. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, there was a sweet. I was like, oh, okay, I, I see you. All right, like I don't know how to feel about this, but yeah. okay, John Wick wonders. Yeah, I mean. There, there's a few movies, especially now you're seeing a little bit more jujitsu popping up in films, and I like it. I, once upon a time ago, I was that guy who I didn't want people liking what I like. Mm. Um, I love comic books. I grew up reading them. I got bullied for it, mm-hmm. and now everybody loves it, and I'm like, fuck all of you, especially <laughs> the guys who were picking on me because it's like, fuck you. Like, Y'all, y'all were trying to like rip my comic books up when I was a kid, and now you want to talk to me about fucking Silver Surfer? Suck a dick. That's me with Avatar: yeah. Last Airbender. <laughs> I saw this this great meme the other day that said, "You didn't get bullied for liking anime as a kid. Oh, yeah. You got bullied for running to lunch in the Naruto run." Like, <laughs> okay, mate, mate. You know what? You don't got to do us like that. <laughs> Um, and but even same with MMA though. That like years ago, I used to like I'd be on Facebook. Anytime there's a pay per view, I order it. I watch it alone most of the time. I'll put the results up and you know comments. I get a person or two that would comment and we have a discussion. But most people just looked at me like, "Dude, all that shit's dumb. Like <laughs> it, it's that's not real fighting. Like you need to watch boxing." I was like, "Okay." Mm-hmm. <laughs> CTE, you mean? Like, okay, dummies. But, <laughs> but now that jujitsu is kind of picking up. At one point, I start feeling I was like, "Fuck, I don't want people like jumping into this now and then, just commercializing it and making it a, a you know thing about money." But I also do like seeing people, you know, gain confidence from it. Mm-hmm. I like seeing people. My, I was at my friend's um, birthday party dinner last night, and their daughter, she's going to do a trial and possibly, you know, sign up. And she and I were talking about it. And, you know, like, I've known her since, you know, birth. So growing up, she'd always come up to me and try to, like, slap box and, and just grab my arm and grapple. So we're standing in the kitchen last night, you know, I'm like, got a collar tie on her, you know, like two on one, like pulling her to the side, like foot sweeps, all these crazy things. So then she turns around to her younger sister and they're next to the stairs and they're doing, it's like, okay, Hey, 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 stop, 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 stop. Like your parents looking right now. 
like I leave and like they don't know I taught you this. But I'm I'm happy to see that you know they're into it. Well, the the oldest daughter, you know, she's gonna go into it. Uh, she's not been like picked on in school, but it's one of those things where she sees a lot of stuff going on in school, and she's like, look, I just want to, you know, be able to defend myself. And I was like, honestly, a big thing to that is going to give you the confidence to know that you don't have to get physical with anyone. Yeah. You can just speak up. And if they choose to do it, you're prepared. Yeah. But, you know, just knowing it's like when, when we're watching uh, any MMA fight and there's a striker who has now gotten really good at jujitsu. So they're going to throw kicks openly with no fear of being taken down where you'd have some fighters, you know, they're going to be a little more tentative with their kicks because they don't want to go to the ground. So I feel like that with jujitsu, if you feel confident in your words and in your, your feelings, you're not worried about what could come next if it gets to that point. Cause you know that, Worst case scenario, you can at least restrain people or keep yourself kind of keep them at a distance, keep yourself protected. So I do like seeing more people embracing jujitsu for at least that regard. But yeah. you still see some knuckleheads at the bar. Like I train UFC. It's like, oh, okay. I train UFC. All right, Bucko. <laughs> sure you do. Um, but um, we'll go ahead and wrap up here all right i do appreciate you guys coming on and doing this with me and i would love to have you on again because yeah. this like i said i always get nervous with doing this but this might have been one of the most fluid and just comfortable episodes I, i've been on in a while and, and that's even with having people that i've had on as guests regularly cool. so so thank you for that like you Eric, especially you just have a way with, you know, he's got away with words. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like that made me feel comfortable, made me feel like, damn, dude, maybe I am okay to do this podcast shit. Jeez Louise. <laughs> You're killing you, you, you convinced me. Then afterward, I'll do my next episode. It's like, fuck, I suck again. <laughs> um, so, um, where can we find you all on social media? Uh, it's Armbar Addict everywhere. Yep. Armbar Addict on Instagram, Armbar Addict on TikTok, TikTok Facebook, on Facebook, Twitter. We don't really do the Twitter right now, but we're gonna. Yeah. Armbaraddict.com for the merch. Yep. All right. And any other shout outs or just the Armbar Addict? I mean, we're, we're brought to you by Armbaraddict.com. <laughs> so. Sponsored. Sponsored the whole thing. Uh, check us out. We'd really appreciate it. But yeah, thank you for everything. This has been no, great. No problem. Thank you. And I don't know if you listen to the episodes or how far in you get. I shout you guys out every episode. Yeah, we're here. Because <laughs> it's like, dude, it's like, like first off, t-shirts, rash guard, love it. Second off, like the videos that you put up, even though I put everything in a queue, so it's like trying to work my way to through everything else to get you posted mm -hmm. but it's like and also i i just believe in you know good people you know out there doing good things and it's like look if if i can tell people to check you out and they turn an eye to it it's like good good yeah. so just good people looking out for each other for so sure. thank you yeah thank you too
Um, and for all the listeners out there, as always, thank you to you as well. Uh, greatly appreciate you. Uh, as always, big shout out to Eric and Ali over at Armbar Attic. It's a little different now because I have them here as I'm shouting them out. <laughs> Awkward. Um, but yeah, definitely go check them out. The couple kids out of Colorado, uh, just doing jujitsu and living a jujitsu life. Um, also, big shout out to Nerd Age Radio. Uh, I was just hanging out with the Nerd Age crew last night. We recorded an episode and we got blankets, big warm blankets, as kind of a team team gift for everybody. So I really appreciate the the gift. And I'm only shouting them out because of the blanket, but also. They got me into podcasting back in the day. Bobby, Chris, Joe, go check them out. Great, great guys. And also check out Colompton Social Club. That is my other podcast with my childhood friend, Stevie. We review beers now. Just that's how it happened. We started a podcast to talk shit and we ended up drinking and say, you know what? This beer is trash. This one's pretty good. And we just started giving them scores. And now a bunch of breweries follow us. So we just need to get them to sponsor the show. There we go. There we um, go. Let's do it. Let's go. It's all, all about growth. You got to find out where you belong. And, um, and last but not least, or maybe a little least, be sure to check out. In a couple weeks, my newest podcast, So You Like Horror. It's a horror podcast. It's a monthly show, first Friday of every month. First episode is just going to be the hosts that are going to be on there, myself. We're going to do like a little horror talk. And then from that point on, it'll be different themes featuring zombies, the Scream franchise, uh, the Alien franchise, Shit like that, vampires, werewolves, you know, creature features. So be sure to check that out. It's available on platforms. There are a couple sample episodes up right now on Spotify and Apple. Uh, you can find the Instagram page too. Uh, it's so underscore you underscore like underscore horror. And yeah, that's really it. So thank you, everybody. Love you all. And you got any questions, reach out to me off the mess podcast on Instagram, bjj.wiki on Instagram. I'm a friendly guy. So just reach out, say hi. I'll say hi back. But otherwise, you guys keep listening, and I will keep making these shows. Thank you so much, everyone. Love you. Ciao. They probably said. Now let me see his song.